1: Plus, we get into the antics, breakdowns, and breakthroughs of our own experience of marriage and parenthood.
0: All right, you ready, babe?
1: Yep, let's do it, mama.
0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Doing It At Home podcast. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being a part of this space. And before we get into the details of today's episode, just want to give a heartfelt thank you and note of gratitude for the feedback and the response that we've been receiving on our most recent episode where Matthew and I had a... Raw, unfiltered conversation about our journey to conception. And I won't get into details of the episode. If you haven't listened to it, go listen to it. But for those who have and who have reached out, who have sent messages, who have chimed in in our private Facebook group, you know, sharing their experiences, their feedback, their words of encouragement and love and space holding, it's just been truly magical and incredible. And we're so thankful to. Have you in our family, our extended family, and to have this space to open up dialogue like that and create the space for others to share, feel understood, support one another, and be connected in this really beautiful human way. And this conversation is ongoing. There will be more of it. So we will find the ways in which we'll be sharing more of this with you on the podcast, in our private Facebook group. As It goes on and as we learn and grow and heal and love. So thank you for being on the journey with us. And if you are not a part of our private Facebook group, you should definitely do so because there's a lot of really great conversations going on there and a way for us to connect deeper than we are right now you know me sitting on this mic and not having a dialogue with you so that private facebook group is the doing it at home birth group you can find a link to it in the show notes of this episode you can find a link to it from our doing it at home facebook page you know it's there's a link there for it as well as our instagram account diah podcast that link that's there in our profile there is a link there for the group okay today's episode We're chatting with Samantha McClellan. And Samantha is a birth doula and a mama. So we get double feature here in the sense that we got birth story details and we have some really great doula knowledge and wisdom that she drops on us. So first we hear her birth journey and the details of that after moving through a uncomplicated hospital birth with her daughter Leah. But then in the postpartum experience at the hospital, just leaving them them being Samantha and her husband, Marcus, to want a different experience for their second birth. And they had a home birth for their second birth, their son, Micah. And the second pregnancy was unexpected with an IUD in place, but the rest of the pregnancy was uncomplicated and healthy. And she also continued nursing Leah while being pregnant with Micah, which is really cool. And she goes into that a little bit. And so sometimes we think home birth is going to include the twinkle lights, the candles, the soft music, and sometimes it very well does. But then also sometimes it just happens in the middle of the kitchen on an air mattress. And that's really cool too. (laughs) And then at the end of the episode, Samantha gives us some really great tips and kind of walks us through if you are thinking about hiring a doula for your birth, how to go about that, how to make sure you have the doula that's right for you, and it's just a really great how to you know if you are in that space of looking to hire a birth doula so thank you to samantha for her storytelling and her sharing and her energy quick word from our sponsor and then we'll jump right in
1: it's time for today's lucky land horoscope with victoria cash
0: life's gotten mundane so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to lucky land you know what they say
2: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No,
1: Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
2: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Hi, Samantha. Welcome to the podcast.
2: How are you? Good. Thank you so much for having me.
1: We are super excited that you're here today. Thanks for carving out the time. We're just digging, connecting with you and look forward to the conversation.
0: Yeah, me too. So kick us off with a little
2: bit about you and your family. Yeah, so I um, live just outside of Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, I am a childbirth doula, and um, my husband, I'm a pastor's wife. My husband's a pastor, and we have two little kids um, Leah, who is almost four, and Micah, who is two and a half. That's beautiful. Yeah. It's a very service oriented
0: bunch you are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, taking care of others. That's, That's great. great. So let's, well, I guess before we get into your birth story itself, I would love to just hear briefly, had you been doing doula work before your own
2: births? Yes. So I, um, started my career as a crisis intervention counselor and I worked with, um, women primarily who had experienced domestic violence or, or, sexual assault. And there was just so much that I loved about that career path, um, I loved being able to kind of hold space for people while they were in transition. And I'm not a person who does well in a job where I have to do the same thing every day. So, you know, I like having the variety in my day. And um, I was on call a lot to kind of respond to hospitals or police stations. And, you know, there was so much that I I loved about all of that. But as I got married and we started thinking about having our own family, um, it just it didn't feel sustainable for me. I didn't feel like I was going to be able to be the wife and the mom that I that I wanted to be in a job that just took so much from me day in and day out. Um, so around that time, I learned about doula work and decided, you know, it had a lot of the same things that I loved about um, my current job, but it gave me a little bit more flexibility in terms of being able to be home with my kids and things like that in between births and meetings and things of the like, um, and I got a little bit more control over when I was on call based around people's estimated due dates and things like that, so I made the switch before we had children and um, decided to go along in that career path, and um, and then about, let's see, it was really about two or three years after I became a doula um, that I got pregnant and we had our first, so I had been a doula for, for a while by the time we ever had our own. Mm.
1: Did you have a doula at the birth of your, your first child?
2: Yes. I always say you can't, you can't doula yourself. (laughs) Um, yes. So I, um, at the time worked with a group, um, that was led by a really, um, amazing woman who was a doula, but she was also a nurse. Um, and she's now a midwife and, um, she was my doula and is still a very close friend. So she was my doula for my first and then she came, um, for my second as well, um, and I definitely needed her as part of my birth team. <laughs> that's
0: awesome. Yeah, that's
2: cool. And
0: so you've had a hospital birth and a home birth. Is that correct? Yes. My first was
2: a hospital birth. My second was a home birth.
0: So how did, if at all, your hospital birth influence your choice to have a home birth for your second?
2: Yeah. Um. So my hospital birth was really, it was a really great positive birth experience. And, you know, we're not going to go into all of that, but it was a very low intervention, um, birth. It was a water birth in the hospital. Um, and you know, I just kind of, it was a long labor, but for all intents and purposes, by the time I got to the hospital, I, I walked in and got in the tub and had a baby. Um, so from a birth standpoint, it was really positive the thing that was harder about it was the postpartum stay and i felt like because it was a long labor i had been awake for well over 24 hours by the time i ever had given birth um and then i just really didn't feel like i could relax at all while we were there postpartum um so i pretty much outside of a, you know some dozing here and there by the time we got home i don't think i had legitimately slept in like over 50 hours. Oh. Um, oh, wow. and I was just like deliriously exhausted, obviously by that point. Um,
1: how long were you in the hospital?
2: Um, we were in the hospital. So my daughter was born at 3 30 in the morning. I had gone into labor at midnight the day before. So um it was about twenty-six hours of labor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we were in the hospital until 1 p.m. the day. Like she was born at three thirty in the morning. So we were there for twenty four hours and then a little extra to leave oh, okay. in the afternoon. Um and I have a quick so, question
1: about the the water birth in the hospital. Um, cause that's cool. You know, we, you, you know, some hospitals allow that and not Yeah, not available don't. in all
2: of them. Yeah. Right.
1: So right. was it, yeah. was it like a, um, a different, like a special type of birthing section of the hospital that just had, they just had tubs? Like, can you describe the setup?
2: Yeah. Um, it was a very unique setup. So, um, the hospital at that time, the women's hospital was a separate, um, facility than just like the general hospital. Um, But they were participating in a study or they were doing a study on hospital water birth at Mm -hmm. the time. So it was kind of wrapped up in that. So we actually brought an inflatable birth tub with us um, or my doula did and she set it up. So they didn't have like built in tubs in the hospital. We had the full, you know, inflatable tub that you more commonly see at home birth. And then that was set up and there was, you know, set criteria you had to meet in order to be able to do it. And we had to take a little class through the hospital on water birth in order to be able to, to do it with our provider. But, um, but yeah, it was a really unique experience. And, you know, we've since moved away from that area in a new area where I work and, you know, it's unfortunately not an option outside of the out of hospital birth center in this area. So it was a very unique situation. Yeah.
0: That is cool. But hey, it could spark some ideas, right? So someone out there might inspire their hospital to get a part of a study and then influence, you know, if you want a hospital
2: birth and you want water there, see if you can get a study going there. (laughs) Right, (laughs) great, Cool. Um, So yeah, it was just, you know, the postpartum experience was hard and I felt like, um, you know, as soon as we kind of went through that experience and we had kind of gotten through our first personal birth experience you know, I, both my husband and I were like, uh, we can definitely see the benefits to being able to be home in your own bed and, um, in your own house and not necessarily having to deal with, um, that Mm postpartum hospital stay. Cause it also just wasn't as, it wasn't as supportive as I think either of us were thinking that it might be. They were just kind of like, whatever you had a, you had an unmedicated birth. So just you take care of yourself. And I, you know, was, tired and sore and have been awake for a long time. And I had some tearing and it was just like, I could have probably used a little bit more support from the hospital staff postpartum and they were not really about it. So, Mm. um, at that point we were like, we could definitely envision just being able to be at home next time. That's cool. Yeah.
1: Was, was there any, were there any fears or, or you know, any big things that came up that you guys had to work through? Because the way you described it, it was sort of like, oh, you know, hospital, yeah, it was experience was okay. We think we'll have a better home experience. And it sounds like it's just an easy transition to home birth, but did anything come up along the way?
2: Um, so I think, you know, our biggest thing was kind of seeing how our first experience went. I was born um very prematurely and so was my sister. So I think before having gone through birth myself with my first pregnancy, I was much more nervous about, you know, if something was going to go on that would be hereditary, you know, that would kind of lead to a premature birth experience or a NICU stay or, or anything like that. Um, because we never, my mom never really got answers on, on why that happened. Um, so I think there was just, I had some trepidation about that. Um, but once we kind of, went through the first pregnancy and everything went relatively uncomplicated um, and I didn't have too many issues. I think that helped us feel more confident. Um, And really, you know, I guess we'll talk about this more in a second when we talk more about the home birth experience. But the thing that kind of actually pushed us over the edge was that I became pregnant with my second quicker than we were expecting. So my kids are very close in age. Um, so at the point at which I was pregnant, we were trying to decide what to do. I had a really hard time envisioning leaving my daughter to be in the hospital for an extended period of time because we hadn't left her at all. Um, and she was still very young and still, still breastfeeding. And, um, I just didn't, I didn't want to have to do that if I didn't have to. So, um, that, became a big part of the motivation and kind of moving towards a home birth experience, um, as well. But in terms of any like major fears, I don't, I didn't have a ton because I had seen, you know, a lot of births by that point And I kind of knew, you know, I, I felt like I was confident in what the risks were, um, and where I kind of fell in the spectrum of, you know, being a good candidate for a home birth. Um, and the home birth midwife that serves our area um, where we live in North Carolina is extremely, um, extremely experienced and professional. She's a certified nurse midwife and she has a very good um, relationship with the local hospital and runs parallel care with them. So um, I felt good about that as well.
0: Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that that's beautiful when that can sync up in a great way and everyone is in communication. You know, all of the, the birth workers and care providers are, yeah. you know, yeah. in the loop. So can you tell us about the birth story then? I want to hear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, so I got pregnant with my son when my daughter was six months old, um, which was not my original plan, you know, and I believe that the Lord has plans, um, that are better than ours, but it was a, it was a surprise. Um, I, you know, and I try to be open about this part of my experience just because I think it's hard when things don't go according to plan and we feel alone in it. But, um, I had an IUD at the time I had a, um, copper IUD. So Mm -hmm. it was a Very big surprise. Um, And kind of led to um, a lot of hustle and bustle just right in the beginning when I first found out that I was pregnant because we had to go in and make sure it wasn't ectopic. And um, I got the IUD removed and to just kind of wait and see how things played out. And that added to the fact that we had just moved literally one week before I found out that I was pregnant. So I had a six month old, we moved to a different part of the state, different town, we had just bought our first house. Um, We had been here for one week. So I didn't have um, like a provider or anything in our new town. We were like two hours away from where we had lived before. Um, And then I found out I was pregnant. So it was um a little bit chaotic right in the beginning thankfully we had lived where we live now a long time ago when we very first got married so i was able to call um the provider that i had had like 5 years prior and <laughs> be like hey this just happened and i know i'm not technically a patient anymore but i used to be can you see me um so that i can figure out what exactly is going on um so but we still you know i i feel like I know my body relatively well. So I started feeling off like pretty quickly Mm -hmm. um, right after being pregnant. So I was still, I was only five weeks when we found out that, um, that I was pregnant. So it led to a little bit of hustle and bustle right there in the first week of having to kind of get ultrasounds and see, you know, what was up. But outside of that, it was, um, a really uncomplicated pregnancy. It was actually less complicated than my daughter's. I had some hyperemesis, um, with my daughter. So I was a little bit nervous about that second time around having a six month old, like yeah. what was about to happen to my life. Um, what is, but I didn't, um-
1: Could you describe what hyper, you said hyperemesis?
2: Hyperemesis. Yeah, it's um, very, very severe uh, morning sickness, I guess, for lack of a better descriptor. Um, So I had just like daily nausea and vomiting throughout my entire pregnancy with her. Um, And it's more, it has to be managed and um, I had to be on some medication and things like that because it doesn't, it doesn't go away in the second trimester the way that typical morning sickness does. And it's more severe than that. Um, Got it. Okay. yeah, so I was a little bit nervous about that. Um, but I, I never really had any major, um, sickness with my pregnancy with him, which was a relief. And, um, it was just busy cause I had a six month old. <laughs> um, so it just kind of flew by. So we decided, you know, once everything was, was stable and settled, um, and we knew, you know, that the IUD at least wasn't going to contribute to a miscarriage or anything. Um, we went ahead and contacted the the home birth midwife in the area and set up care with her. Um, and the pregnancy just went fairly uncomplicated. I had um, some... Um, SPD, which is symphysis, uh, pubic dysfunction, which I had had with my daughter. And just because of the close, you know, nature and the timing of the pregnancies, it was a little bit more severe at the end of my pregnancy with my son. So that just kind of leads to a lot of like pelvic pain and hip pain and things like that. So that made things a little hard, um, in the last few weeks, but I went into labor with him. I think 40 weeks and five days um so just a little bit after my due date and um I had had some prodromal labor for about a week before um he was born so every morning around like four thirty or so I would wake up and feel like I was having some contractions and I would kind of try to wait it out and they would come and go and then um every afternoon by like lunchtime they would die down. So that had been happening, um, for a few days. And then about 24 hours prior, I had had some bloody shows. So I knew we were probably moving in the right direction. Um, and then at 430, I started having some contractions and I was like, okay, well, these are a little bit stronger. But at that point I was kind of like not holding my breath, <laughs> um, because we have been doing this song and dance for a few days. Um, so I just, tried to rest and things, and then about 6.30, um, my daughter came in and nursed, so I had, I continued to breastfeed her through my whole pregnancy, which was um, also an experience, Mm -hmm. so um, I, she came in and and nursed, and she, that kind of kicked things up into a higher gear, Um, but I still was just kind of keeping things close to the chest, because I didn't want everybody to be like, oh, this is it, when I had had a lot of stop and start, stuff for a few days. So, um, I have mentioned to my husband that I thought, you know, maybe this was going to be the real deal, but I wasn't sure. So I went downstairs and kind of tried to do our morning, but things got a little bit more intense. So I came up, I came upstairs, tried to have some downtime. My mom was staying with us, um, at that point, cause she was going to be helping to take care of my daughter while I was in labor. And because I was having a lot of, um, just, like joint pain and um, pelvic pain and things from the SPD. She had come a little bit ahead to try to help me so that I could get some rest because I was just having a hard time kind of carrying my daughter around and carrying her up and down the stairs and stuff um, at that point. So she was with us. Um, And, yeah, so around 9, I want to say like 9.45, the midwife came over to check me um, before it was Friday. So she was, that's her, one of her big prenatal days. So she was going to go over to the office and do prenatal appointments with other clients. Um, so she came over and checked me and I was three centimeters. Um, but baby was fully engaged and I was pretty far along a face. I can't remember exactly the percentage at this point, but, so she, you know, in in good advice was like, well, you know, just kind of expect things to put along throughout the day. And then, you know, maybe tonight you'll have a baby. And I was like, okay, but also remember that the big thing with my daughter and the reason that things had taken a long time was because it took her a long time to move down and get fully engaged. And then once she did, things went really quickly. So even though it was a long labor, once I got to the point where I was right then, it went really fast. Mm-hmm. So I reminded her of that fact and she nodded and was like, yeah, we'll see. Um, And (laughs) and, yeah, left and went to go do her prenatal. So I, you know, got up and was like, okay, I'll try to get ready for the day. And then we were going to order some lunch for takeout and just go pick it up and, and come back. And I got... Like half dress and like tried to move around before things really kicked into like active labor. Um, and by 11, I was like telling my husband, you have to get her back here. Like, cause we had texted her and she was like, well, just try to take a walk. And I was like, I don't think I can take a walk. And she was like, just walk up and down the driveway. And finally, I remember being like, I don't even have a shirt on. <laughs> like, <I'm, laughs> I can't get anything done. I don't like, I'm, I've barely made it like anywhere since you left and things really kicked into a high gear. And I was just like, just get her here. I don't care what you have to tell her. Just get her here. <laughs>
1: they get um, back here.
2: Yeah. <laughs> So um my mom took my daughter and they went to go pick up the food that we had already ordered and I got into the shower um and tried to just kind of get my head in the right zone um and I started to I did panic a little bit cuz I started to feel really shaky and kind of nauseous and at that point we were like alone in the house and nobody was here and the midwife wasn't here and I was just like oh no like am I in transition and like I'm about to have this baby um in this house by myself (laughs) like that's not the way that I had pictured this (laughs) um but my so my husband was like just come downstairs and I'll start like filling up the tub but like we were by ourselves so he didn't want me to be upstairs by myself while he was downstairs um filling up the tub and we have a relatively small house so the tub was set up in the like breakfast nook area of our kitchen um which is downstairs <laughs> so I and I had it all set up but it wasn't filled up so um he went downstairs to start doing that and I think around I don't know at that point things get blurry so I think around like noon the midwife showed up, um, and her assistant showed up, um, and she checked me and I was seven centimeters fully effaced, um, and baby was pretty low. Um, so I just, my goal in that time was to just try to stay focused because there was a lot of people coming in and getting things set up and tub trying to get filled up. So it wasn't quite as, um, like calm and zen <laughs> as i would have imagined there was a lot of stuff going on um and i had really wanted pictures so my mom came home and i said if if my doula doesn't show up because she was the one who was supposed to be taking pictures you have to take pictures and i think that freaked my mom out because she was like that is not in my wheelhouse uh-huh. <laughs> i did not sign up for that <laughs> so i remember like her being like she's gonna she's gonna show up it's gonna be okay and i was like <laughs> I'm uh, not sure cuz she was coming from where we lived before. Um so she was driving like an hour and a half, 2 hours um to come and be at the birth. So um but everyone showed up and I got in the tub so we had a we had a stretch there where things were mu- like much calmer and um everybody was there and I was in the tub and it was all good and then um I hit transition and I got, um, I stalled for a little while at like eight centimeters. And that was unexpected because even though I know that like every birth is different and we can't compare one or the other, I had just given birth 15 months prior. So it was, um, very fresh in my mind. Um, so by the time I knew that I was like in transition, I was kind of like, okay, well, I'm almost done. Cause my transition with my daughter went really fast. And I think that I, um, stopped being as focused on like getting through and coping and keeping my mindset in an ideal space and was just kind of like, whatever, like, it's just, it's going to be done soon. Um, and then I kind of stalled for a while and it was a really good lesson in kind of staying focused and getting to that point that everyone gets to in labor where you kind of have to make a decision to not fight it and just give in and like submit to the, to the process and, um, let your body do what it needs to do. So, um, you know, I kind of, didn't cope great in the tub. It wasn't helping as well as it had with my first birth. And um we kind of I don't know how long that lasted, but it was it was well over an hour, probably about two hours of kind of being at eight centimeters in the tub and feeling like contractions were hard. Um and then I just had a moment where I was like, I gotta I gotta do something, I gotta get this show on the road. And um I got out of the tub and everyone was like what are you doing and i wasn't really in a place to communicate effectively <laughs> at that point so i just got out of the tub and got down on the floor in the um like first position of the mile circuit so your upper body's kind of down on the ground and your butt's kind of up in the air and um we had an air mattress downstairs randomly because i hadn't been sleeping very well so we had been like moving around my husband and I between beds and stuff so people could get sleep. So somebody brought the air mattress over and I got on an air mattress in the middle of the kitchen with my butt up in the air. Um, and that helped a lot. And just kind of, I think he was probably in a little bit of a like asynclitic position. So I think his head was a little bit to the side and he was having some trouble kind of coming down. So I think getting in that position kind of helped him reorient and it took some of the pressure off, um, of my cervix, which was bothering me because I've been feeling pushy and not all the way dilated for a while. And I just got really focused and kind of went into that labor land position. And one of the midwife's assistants was a, um, she is a massage therapist. So she came over and did a lot of like sacral massage and massage on my lower back. And I remember saying to her that like, she was not allowed to stop. (laughs) That was, um, (laughs) super, super helpful. Um, and I got really focused on that for a while. My husband said it was kind of surreal because I had been super vocal. And then as soon as I did that, I got completely silent. Um, and then the next thing I knew, I just felt him like move down and I was like, baby's coming out. And I think I pushed like three times and he was born and, um, yeah, he was really, really healthy and, Good, but he was born on an air mattress in the middle of the kitchen. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So for anyone out there who's like, you know, uh, home birth and twinkle lights and birth tub, it was my, my mom is um, very much a perfectionist and likes things to, to look nice. And she, it still bothers her that in all of my birth photos, the kitchen trash can is sitting in view. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, so that went, you know, the birth went, it went really well. And um, I think the biggest, you know, difference postpartum was that immediate postpartum period. Things just were so much um, slower and like more, I was so much more in control of that immediate postpartum period than I had been in the hospital. And that was really nice. So, you know, it was just kind of like when I felt ready, I was like, okay, well, I guess we can cut, my husband can cut the cord now and you know, he can hold the baby and let's deliver the placenta. And it was just like, it was much more um, calm and slow. Um, I was able to eat the food that we had ordered for lunch um, before you know, we dealt with any like, you know, stitches or anything like that. So I felt like I was, you know, much more kind of with it and feeling better um, before we had to to do anything. And it was just much more in my, in my control. So that was really good. Um, And so he ended up being born at 4.30pm. So by the time everything got settled and everything, I think the midwives left um, about 8 30 or 9 p.m. Um, and we just kind of settled out. And my daughter had been around the whole time, but she um, for a while had taken a nap. And then right before he was born, um, my mom and my daughter had been outside playing and they came in. So they were there right when he was born. And you know, she was only 15 months old. So she was just kind of like, what's happening. And then yeah. she did come over and she did know the word baby at that point. So mm-hmm. she did. I remember she came over and was like, baby, oh. hi, baby. <laughs> and I was like, hi. Oh. Um, so yeah, it was just, it was, it was really good. Um, and very, it was just, it was very different from the hospital experience. And I, I don't, know that I would say that one was like better than the other. It was just, you know, I think the home birth was right for us at that time and the hospital birth had been right, you know, the first time. So it was, um, it was what it needed to be.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I love it. I I love the realness and the perspective of, you know, the twinkle lights. And sometimes <laughs> you're in the kitchen on an air mattress. <laughs> and the right trash can's in the, the corner.
2: corner. You know, the nice birth tub with the affirmation banners and the flowers and everything. And then yep. I was over, um, across the room on the floor. So. Well, um,
1: at least you were close to the food.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: so when, um, after after he was born... And when did you eventually transition back up to your bedroom and kind of get settled in up there?
2: Yeah, that that took a while. Um, You know, I always joke the first birth I ever um, attended, I was shadowing a birth photographer um, and I was doing my doula training and it was a home birth. And I had never seen anything like it before because I was just brand new in the birth space. And the mom like delivered in the tub downstairs, got out of the tub, you know, Carrying the baby, hadn't delivered the placenta yet, and walked upstairs to, oh to goodness, her bedroom. Wow. And I was like, Is that a thing? Like, what's <laughs> no, <laughs> um, You know, and I always joke that, like, you know, even being a doula and, and all the things, like, that is just not me. I don't, like, at all. So I um, still just, I have a tendency to get pretty lightheaded and feel not super great right after birth, even if I haven't, you know, lost a lot of blood or anything like that. So, um, I first had to manage to make it from the floor over to the half bathroom, which is like a couple of steps, and then managed to make it from the half bathroom over to the couch. Um, so by the time they left, I had managed to make it over to the couch. So it wasn't until probably 11, um, that night that I felt well enough to make it up the stairs without getting too lightheaded. So, um, I managed to get in bed probably by about 11 p.m. Um, but that's just me <laughs> and the way that I feel after giving birth um, oh, takes I me a it. while to feel super lightheaded. Well, um,
1: I mean, I think anybody hearing the story of the mom who gives birth and with the cord still attached just marches up the stairs like, wait, what?
0: Yeah. Wow. <laughs> respect so,
1: I, I just i gotta imagine for you you know i was thinking okay so you the baby was born downstairs like why oh, you gotta get up those stairs somehow i mean that's yeah
2: yeah props to you yeah. for, for, I think for if managing I it, it over again i would not have we have a like a garden tub in our bathroom in our master bathroom and i probably would have just used that instead of the birth tub, but that's I had had the big tub before, and, you know, that's what I thought would be the most helpful. So, yeah, and I really had this picture in my mind of giving birth at night. So I figured, well, it'll be dark and calm, and my daughter will probably be asleep. And, you know, it won't matter that it's that it's downstairs. I wasn't really envisioning giving birth in the middle of the kitchen like in the afternoon um wasn't the picture that I had had in my mind. So, Probably if I did it over again, I would have just stuck with staying in my bedroom and using the tub that we had. But, you know, you never know. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, that's so true. I mean, I remember for our birth, we were expecting to go for a walk and go out for a nice date and do all this stuff when labor started. And that was not the case because labor started at night.
0: Gotta dial in. Yeah. So we're just like,
1: all right, we'll just toss those plans out the window and just (laughs) go with what's happening right now.
0: I love Samantha how this likely plays a role in your doula work. You know, I just, I love hearing birth workers and their birth experiences because then I just know that's coming through, whether it's in the conversations you're having with your clients or in just how you're showing up, you know, in the experiences and with your care. So given your knowledge and expertise as a doula, what I want to do is take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to talk some
2: doula stuff. All right, sounds great.
0: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay. So help us out. Help our community out for those who are probably even those who are exploring what even is a doula or, you know, kind of that distinguishing of is a doula the same thing as a midwife, you know, so you could be anywhere kind of in that stage of the journey. But if you could just give us kind of a rundown of someone who is thinking about working with a doula how they can find the doula that works best for them or in your words, you know, however you feel you could impart some wisdom for us.
2: Yeah. Um, So a doula is a non-medical, you know, support person. Um, And there are birth doulas, there are postpartum doulas, there are different kinds of doulas. I am a birth doula. So most of what I have to say kind of centers around that. Mm -hmm. Um, So in the context of birth, um, doulas really kind of, the way that I describe it is they fill in the gaps, right? So we have our providers, whether that's a midwife or an OB, um, and they're really focused on your medical care and, you know, your physical health and your baby's health. Um, but we kind of know how the system works and they don't always have the time um, or necessarily the the training to kind of do a lot of other things like prenatal education or talking about your mental health or, you know, anxieties or fears around birth. So as a doula, I do a whole lot of work prenatally, um, to kind of make sure that people feel informed and educated about their different options and prepared for the experience, um, and all the different variations of kind of how that can go. And then, um, I go on call for clients, um, at 37 weeks gestation in a normal um, uncomplicated non-multiple birth situation. Um, And I'm just on call for them until the baby comes. And that means that whenever they go into labor and um, they decide that they need me, then I go um, and kind of offer an additional set of hands and additional support throughout the labor process. Um, So sometimes that looks like, A lot of physical support, doing double hip squeezes and back massage and comfort measures. Um, Sometimes it looks like a lot of affirmation um, or making sure that, you know, they feel like they're communicating well with their provider and they have all of their questions answered if things come up that they weren't expecting those types of things. And, you know, a lot of times for people, it's nice to have the continuity of care too, because, um, you know, not long ago I was at an induction that took a while. And through that time, I think that mom had like four different nurses and two different providers. Um, but I was there the whole time. So, you know, being able to kind of have that familiar face and that continuity, um, can also be really, really helpful for people. So, Um, And then postpartum, you know, as a birth doula, I do a lot of immediate postpartum care. So making sure that breastfeeding gets established, um, that that immediate kind of recovery is going well, and then offering referrals if they are having any breastfeeding complications or um, needing any, you know, mental health referrals or anything like that. Then I try to get them connected with the resources that they need, kind of, as they enter into, um, their postpartum period. So that's kind of what a doula does versus a midwife, Mm -hmm. um, or an OB. And then, yeah, in terms of, of the process of kind of looking for a doula, Mm -hmm. um, or hiring a doula, um, I think one of the best ways to kind of get started is a, to just kind of look at, you know, what's in your area, but then to talk to people who might be in your circle or that um, that you know who kind of have had doulas or have had birth experiences that might be similar to what you're hoping for and to try to kind of start to get a list of, of people that you might want to talk to. And you can also talk to your provider about this and see if they have any doulas that they work with regularly or that they would recommend and kind of start to come up with a list of um, names that you hear floating around um that you might want to interview and then the biggest piece is to just set up an interview and all doulas will do free interviews um before you hire them um, so there's no obligation or anything and you know right now we are still in this covid season so a lot of people are doing um interviews virtually or through video call or things like that versus in person but either way um, and that is a really very important because the biggest thing that I have to say about choosing a doula is to make sure that you are choosing someone who you feel like you have a really good connection and a good rapport with. Because when push comes to shove, the, the most important thing is that you feel like you trust the people on your birth team, whether it's your provider or Or your doula or whomever is in the space. Because being able to have that trust and that rapport with the people that you're with is kind of what will help you feel like you can relax and focus on on your job of being able to give birth to your baby and kind of stay focused on, um, on that process instead of feeling anxious. So like you have to worry or, um, over advocate for yourself. If you feel like your birth team is on the same page with you and you have a good rapport and you can trust them to have your back, then, you know, that allows you to kind of submit and, and go into, to that labor space like I was talking about in my experience before. So, um, so being able to really kind of get to know the duelist. So obviously, you know, expertise and experience is important, especially if you have anything um, unique to your situation. So like I said, I started my career in counseling. So I have a lot of people come to me specifically because they've had, you know, traumatic experiences in the past or because they, um you know, have strong anxieties about a piece of birth or things like that that they need to work through and they really need, like, a trauma-informed approach of care. Um, and different doulas have different specialties. So if you're having a VBAC and you want to have a, a doula that specializes in VBACs or if you're having multiple birth. Um, You know, you might want somebody that's been through that before. And and those things are important. But more so than that, I would say feeling like you have a really good rapport with the person that you trust them is most important. Because even if you have someone who has, you know, the most expertise and the most training and the most experience, if you don't trust them, then when you're in that moment of just total vulnerability, you're not really going to be able to hear what they have to say and feel like they have your back. So um, you know, asking, asking questions of how they would handle different situations, you know, or if they've dealt with, you know, situations that you've either had in the past with previous births or um, that you might be anxious about and kind of walking through that, understanding, feeling like you have a good idea of what their philosophy on birth is. So for me in particular, you know, I I'm not, I always tell people I'm not like an unmedicated birth at all costs kind of do I don't have a problem being in the hospital. I don't have a problem, you know, with people utilizing epidurals or things like that. My goal is for people to just feel really informed and really educated um, so that they can make the decisions that are going to feel most positive for them. And, and my goal is to just kind of help people come away feeling as positively as possible about their birth experiences. Um, But every doula, you know, has is coming at it with their own experience and their own expertise. So kind of finding someone who really matches um, your preferences uh, I think is, is the most important. Does that make sense?
0: It does. And that's great advice. I am so grateful to you for sharing all that because this is a topic that comes up often and, you know, just to, have those pointers like you mentioned specifically some things that they can look at and then just also I, I think it's just encouraging you know giving encouragement that if this is an experience that you want this is someone that you want to support you in your birth then it's it's possible and that person is out there so to mm-hmm. just feel supported in finding your support <laughs> you know is yes. is very cool so I'm, I'm great. yeah and that.
2: that's something I always tell you know I work with a lot of new doulas and um, I run a, I run a program for new doulas and I always say like, I am not, I don't believe in competition within the doula community because I don't really feel like we're all trying to get the same clients. I feel like when we get really clear on kind of who we best serve and what we're really good at then it just kind of opens the door to for other doulas who are really good at other things to be able to serve the people that they can best serve because everyone's needs are a little bit different but I do believe that there is a doula out there you know that is going to be the best fit for for every birthing person so
0: yeah yeah Thank That's you awesome. so much, Samantha. Can yeah. you? I'm going to include links to ways to, to connect with you and learn more about you in the show notes and when we publish, but do you mind just throwing it out there if anyone
2: has listened to this or is in your area and wants to connect? Yeah, um, so my website is um, Carolina doula That's the name of my, um, that my business is Carolina doula collective. So my Instagram handle is the same. Um, and even if you're not in the area, I do a lot of, um, education and things on Instagram in particular. So, um, you can feel free to follow me there. And for any doulas who are out there and kind of wanting more information, you can look there, but I also run, um, like I said, a program for new doulas that's called, um, elevate birth. So that is on Instagram as well awesome uh, great yeah. thank you so much samantha for being with
0: us and chatting with us you're awesome yeah this was thank really, you really great. thank you so much for having me Quick note about the Doing It At Home podcast. Matthew and I are not doctors or medical professionals and nothing we say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. If you have medical or health-related questions, please take them to a trained professional. We're here simply to entertain you with stories and conversations about pregnancy, birth, and parenthood. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done